0: Hello, this is Christy Kendall with the Align Yourself to Success podcast, and around here our passion and purpose is to empower entrepreneurs to extraordinary profit through highest level transformation. And you begin with your mind and alignment, you are limitless and you are powerful. And Today we have with us Tiffany Toombs. She is a high performance mindset coach, and she's going to be talking with us about coaching practices, healing versus coaching, and how to be trauma informed. I love this. Welcome. Thank you so much, Christy. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So share with us your journey. How did you get here teaching us about coaching versus healing and trauma?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I've been in the coaching industry in one form or another uh, since I was 14 years old, which is a long time. I started in the fitness industry originally. And what I didn't realize back then was my desire to help people feel comfortable in their own skin really Mm -hmm. resulted from my own trauma, which made me really feel uncomfortable in my own. So I didn't want anybody else to feel the pain that I felt inside. And I thought, and this is a common thing that I have seen in people who get into the coaching industry is if I can fix you, I'll feel better about myself. And so that's where I started, um, was solely in the fitness industry for probably about 20 years. And then I went on my own healing journey. I had a point in my life where, The day I found out I was pregnant, I found out my partner at the time had a girlfriend in another state. My entire life collapsed. I ended up miscarrying the baby, sunk even lower than I already was. Um, And that really brought me to the brink of almost committing suicide. And it was in like that moment of do I live or not that I realized that I needed some help. So I started my healing journey, um, started with talk therapy, which I got some logical understanding of my trauma and almost an idea an understanding that I did have trauma and I didn't have to like compare to other people and say, oh, well, it wasn't as bad as blah, blah, blah. Um, So it almost gave me permission to start healing, but it didn't really allow me to go into the emotional aspects and um, healing. Trauma has to be emotional, it can't just be logical and I think a lot of people when they do start attempting to heal or to navigate their stuff that they have, they attempt to find logical solutions to an emotional problem, and then they wonder why they're not getting either long term transformation and so they decide like the coach, the therapist, whatever the technique sucks or that they're just too broken to be fixed. And so I went on a huge journey, worked with a lot of different life coaches, did all like the rah-rah motivational events. Um, and just when I was about to think that it, I was too broken to be fixed, I kept having coaches tell me like, you can't fix the past, just focus on the future. And I'm like, I did that, it almost killed me. Um, that, was, that was the point where uh, I found NLP and a couple other hypnosis techniques that I use um, made a massive, it it had a massive impact on me. And then I discovered I had a gift for doing it and I really enjoyed it. Um, so I began educating myself about trauma and reading books, taking courses and things to better arm myself, to help people, uh, who did have all forms of trauma. And I've been doing this for solely mindset for the last, uh, eight years. It's my fifth year in my current business. Um, and I love it.
0: Yeah, I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That's a very powerful story. And the exact reason we're going to talk about healing versus coaching. There's a very, diff- very distinct difference between a healer and a coach. Now you can be both. Um, mm-hmm. And Those are actually the ones that are super powerful. If you have a lot of that inner work to work through. let's pull a card to get started. Sounds good. All right. Okay. So the question is, when do you doubt me the most, but let's switch it to self. When do you doubt yourself the most and why? When
1: do I doubt myself the most and why? Um, there's probably two times that I recognize the first is when I compare myself to what other people showcase on social media. I actually had this conversation with my husband yesterday and there's a lot of people out on social media who will position themselves as being very high earners, either, you know, in their branding or in the way that they talk or even in what they say screenshots that they share and whatnot. And, um, I said to my husband, there's a woman who I follow who she does have a seven figure like marketing agency. Uh, And her coaching business, I thought, I kind of believed just through what she posted was also in the seven figure range. And so for a long time, I was kind of like, like her stuff is really good. And I think myself is on the same level. And my business is a multiple six figures. So still not, you know, it's not like I'm struggling over here, but I'm like, what do I have to do differently to kind of close the gap between where she is and where I am? Because I've, I really feel like my stuff is just as good. And so getting into that comparison mode definitely is a place where I start to doubt myself. And so uh, then she, and I love that she did this. She put out the transparency. Here was my numbers for 2022, what I made and each of the businesses agency and coaching in each month of 2022. And then overall, and I said, my coaching business actually made more than her coaching business in 2022. And so I said, it's interesting just how we perceive ourselves as not being at a certain level because of how somebody brands themselves or just how they carry themselves. So that was a really interesting lesson for me, but I would say, you know, when I start comparing myself to where others are positioning themselves to be then self doubt kicks in and the other time i would say is when i'm not looking after me so when i'm not getting enough self care time when i'm not nurturing myself uh and really if you know the times where i'm not practicing what i preach basically is when the self
0: doubt would kick in for me yeah isn't that crazy how correlated that is <laughs> yeah tired so. a tired brain can wreak havoc on our well being <laughs> oh absolutely yeah so I love that you're bringing up all of this comparison and the healing versus coaching. And, you know, we had talked before about just the ethics and coaching. So tell me your perspective of that. What What is the difference between healing and coaching? And how can we be high integrity in our healing and coaching business?
1: Yeah, so for me, I would actually say there's probably three categories, and most people kind of lump them into one. And think that they're all the same. So there's, for me, there's the teacher, there's the coach, and then actually, let's say there's the preacher, and then there's like the coach or teacher and the healer. And so the preacher is the person who's telling everybody else, this is what you need to do. This is how you have success. This is what your morning routine needs to look like if you want success. And the preacher doesn't even need anybody to be listening to to preach their sermon, right? whatever their sermon is. And I think there's a lot of people who just want to give their opinion and tell people what to do based on their own personal experience uh, that get into coaching. And for me personally, this is where I started in coaching and I absolutely hated it. And in fact, I was like, I thought I was going to like coaching and I really don't. And so maybe coaching is not for me because I then felt like I was just a glorified babysitter for adults. Right. And so the power, I think, in both coaching and healing is leading the client to having their own breakthrough as opposed to telling them right now. Obviously, you know, let's say you and I were working together, Christy, I might be able to see the block. Which is probably why you hired me, right? We have a blind spot. We hire somebody to help us work through that blind spot because it's blind to us. But if I just say, "Hey, Christy, your blind spot—spot your blind spot is X," well, you're going to be like, "Okay." Whereas if I ask you questions and lead you down the pathway. But you then have the breakthrough of, oh, this is the blind spot for me. It is so much more powerful. And that's what the teacher or the coach does is they ask well-designed questions. They have enough insight or in some cases intuition to see where somebody might be stuck. They can differentiate their own stuff from the client's stuff. Right. And say, okay, I can see this is where you're getting blocked. I'm going to ask you questions to help you have the breakthrough. I'm going to tell stories or teach concepts and allow you to see how that's showing up in your own life rather than me telling you, where the preacher is like, This is this is where you're stuck. Okay. And then the healer, which can sometimes also coach, is somebody who's going to facilitate a process kind of like, you know, whether it's a meditation or a hypnosis or an energy healing or something, but they're facilitating a process, again, allowing the client to have the breakthrough. And so I think where there is a lack of integrity is that people will want to be preachers. uh, And again, I have zero judgment because this is where I started where they tell people what to do. But I think that a lot of preachers come from a place like where I was when I first started of, if I fix you, then I fix me. And so the preachers don't really do their own work. They don't practice what they preach. They don't do their own inner work. They're just looking. It, it, there's a lot of ego validation for the preachers, right? You also know the preachers because if you don't do what they say, they're going to get upset. They're going to get mad if you question them or contradict them or say, oh, but what if they tend to get very mad because now their ego is very wrapped up in the client's outcomes. And so the biggest space, I think, for growth for both coaches and healers is for our ego not to be wrapped up in the client's process. Because if it is, then we start to become blinded to where we can truly help guide this person. So you know, if I get upset because somebody is really hitting a mental block and I've given them an exercise to do, I have one client who has, you know, been working on reconnecting with herself and standing up for her boundaries for a while now. And I will give her exercises to do and she just won't do them. And then she'll kind of drop off the radar for a while and she'll come back. And it's my job as both a coach and as the healer to give her the unconditional love and support. And that doesn't mean that I can't say like, Hey, why do you continue to not show up for yourself? but it's not my job to like, my ego is not wrapped up in it. Right. As long as I can look myself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, I gave this person everything that I could as coaches and healers, we need to understand, like we can lead a horse to water, but we can't make them drink. And so we can give clients homework. We can take them through processes, but if they're not willing to make the change or they have something called secondary gain, which means they gain something from holding on to that mental block, then until they're willing to let go of that, nothing we do or say is going to help them move past it. And this is where I talked about, like, you can't have a logical solution to an emotional problem. I have one client who was stuck for about a year in this negative pattern of behavior where she would like go into like gossip mode or talking about all the negative things. And then she realized that, you know, we had healed kind of all the way around it, which was good. It allowed her to see like the root of the problem was that she had created a belief in childhood that the only way she got attention was when something bad was happening. So she always had to talk about what, what bad was happening in her life in order to get attention. Well, then she realized like, that's actually not the kind of attention that I want. And now she was ready to deal with that issue. So I'd say that's the difference between the three. And then You know, the biggest opportunity is to let go of our ego in the process. And then the second place would be looking at more ethical marketing strategies.
0: Yeah. And boundaries as a coach or a healer, really having that ability to clarify what you do, what you offer, how you do it, the context in which you do it, the energy, you know, the, the word of the year is container, <laughs> the container yeah. in which you do it. I don't love the word, but no, it's implanted in my head. Yeah. Uh, the container in which you do it and staying super true to those boundaries. That's what I've really, really seen um, showing up very clearly for our healers and coaches is being so clear in what you do, what you offer, how you do it and what that looks like for your client and communicating it clearly and then maintaining that boundary
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, I think as coaches and healers, like we have a genuine desire just to help people. And so it can be hard to say to somebody like, I don't think I'm the right fit for you. Or, you know what? I probably could solve your problem, but not as good as this other person. And so it's always interesting to me when somebody goes into like a Facebook group and they're like, I need a coach for X. And there's like a hundred people who comment, like Mm -hmm. I'll comment and I'll say, Hey, this is what I do. Let's have a chat to see if I'm the right fit because a if I trigger you I'm actually and then this is another marketing strategy that drives me up the wall. I don't know when this became a thing but it needs to stop is like if I trigger you I'm the coach for you.
0: Actually mm-hmm. no.
1: Like if you're triggered if your nervous system is in a state of fight or flight, you're not going to be able to retain anything for me. Like yes, it's showing something in you that you need to heal. So work on that. And then if you want to come and work with me, cool. But if you can't handle your triggers, then I'm actually not the coach for you at the moment, right? So if I trigger you or you feel uncomfortable with me, especially when it comes to like deep healing, you have to feel comfortable with the person that you're working with. You have Mm -hmm. to feel connected to them. You have to feel like supported and held and seen by them. And so that means you have to have a conversation, not just like, Hey, here's my link, sign up, you know, book a session, sign up, pay me money. And then we'll chat like that. That's not the best way to go about it. And so I'll always tell people like, Hey, let's have a conversation first. And also if you trigger me, I'm not the coach for you because right. then I need to do some of my own work so that I'm not taking like my stuff out on you.
0: Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you addressed that. I do see that. I have seen that um out there. And that's yeah. almost kind of like an emotional abuse of some kind. Yeah, like and manipulation. The,
1: yeah, and you know, there's a couple other manipulative tactics that I've seen where um you know, people will say things like, you know, pay me to be in my energy. It just for me that feels like the preacher just creating a codependence, right? Like for me, preachers do. And I noticed this, and this is why when I felt like I was that glorified babysitter, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm not empowering you. You're having to come to me every time you have a problem to get the solution. And instead of doing that, I would rather teach you how to become so connected to yourself that you can figure out what, you know, what the problem is or what's blocking you. That's what I would rather do. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting. I've actually had coaches tell me like, no, you don't want to do that because if people know the tools, then they don't need you. And that's not a good business model. You have to always be going out and finding new clients. And I'm like, I know it's not a good business model, but it's a good soul model for me. Like, I don't want people coming to me because they need me to tell them the solution. I want people coming to me because now they're leveling up And so their problems have evolved and now they need next level tools, not because they need me to just keep telling them what to do. And what the moment of realization for this, for me was, it was like a Friday or Saturday night. And I was out with my friends and I had one client like blowing up my phone and having a fight with my partner. What should I say? They just said this to me, what should I say? And I was like, what? No. Like, and that's when I was kind of in that preacher phase of my coaching journey. I was like, I don't want this. And then that kind of started me rethinking my coaching journey. And then (laughs) I still can't believe I did this on my 30th birthday, which is new year's Eve. Me and a bunch of friends flew from Australia where I was living at the time to New York to watch the ball drop. And one of my friends that I was with kind of, you know, we'd spent like 600 bucks on these tickets. We were like glammed out to the max. And she made a comment about like, I'm never dating again. Like guys suck. You know, that mentality that women go into when they have a bad breakup. And I just went into like full preacher mode. We're sitting there on my birthday at this like super fancy party and I'm coaching her like, no, we need to work through this problem now. She didn't ask for the coaching. She, you know, she didn't want it at that time. And our relationship is okay now, but for a while she was just kind of like, I don't want to be around you. Right. And so, you know, the giving people unsolicited advice, the telling them, you know, pay me to be in my energy, you know. Let me, you know, if I trigger you, you have to sign up with me. That means I'm the coach for you. Like these are all very disempowering um methods of getting people to sign up with you. And for me, a true coach and a true healer is about empowering people to be so in touch with themselves that they know what's best for them and they do what's best for them, even if it's not what's best for your bank account.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel you on those creating. Codependent coaching relationships. And I've seen it before with, with coaches that have that model where you need them, you need their support all the time. I see it. I just had somebody reach out to me and like the coach even got like mad when she wanted to quit. And I, it freaked me out. When, when I was brand new in coaching, I worked with a coach, her name was Sophie Perkle. And she was a survivor of a cult. She grew up in a cult. So her entire coaching was teaching you how to create empowered coaching and ca- empowered coaching practices, um, healthy coaching practices with healthy boundaries. And my entire coaching was align yourself to success was about you' aligning yourself to success. You have to have your boundaries. I'm going to give you tools so you can be successful. And at the end of our year, you should be at a place where you have every tool you need, to continue succeeding, and to reach higher levels of success in your life. And it came from that mindset of what I learned from her that the disempowering um, mind fucks, I guess would be what what a lot of that is, and just a lack of boundaries and a lack and, and fear, if you think about what you just said, a lot of that is fear. If you're afraid, you're not going to get more clients. And so you're going to create codependency with the existing clients to keep them paying you that is lack and fear. You're not ever going to reach high level success and high level transformation. If you have fear about getting new clients.
1: (laughs) No. And I mean, if you're living in a fear-based place, that's going to come across in your marketing too. Like you're going to use other people's fear and other people's like nervous system being in fight or flight to get people to move. And like what you were saying, I had a similar experience where I really started to question like, The coaching industry, again, even though I knew my business was nothing like this, I paid a couple thousand dollars to be in this coaching container for, (laughs) I think it was like five or six weeks. And, you know, we were told you come into this program and I'm going to teach you how to do X. That was the premise under which I was sold. I, I think it was, I'm going to teach you basically how to collapse time around money, basic quantum world financial literacy, right? So I was like, cool, that's what I want to learn. I want to learn how to collapse time around money. And so I get into this program and then after I paid, they were like, okay, so you get one one one-on-one call and then there's going to be weekly group calls and boxer support. And so I was like, cool, awesome. And so I was like showing up for these weekly calls with my notebook and pen in hand. And they were like, okay, so on these calls, I don't teach Uh, you just ask questions. And I was like, Oh, had like, had I known that was the style of this program where you're not teaching anything, you're not giving me any tools, you're not sharing any stories, like you're not sharing any information, you're just waiting for me to ask questions to then coach me or preach to me. I wouldn't have signed up. Because if I am hiring a coach, when I have a blind spot, it's because I need the coach to tell, like, show me, help me see the blind spot, not so that I can just figure out what right question to ask. Like if I'm stuck in somewhere, I don't know the question to ask other than how do I get out of this? And they're like, well, I need you to be more specific. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to be more specific because I don't know what, like, I don't know what my block is right now. And so, you know, and this same coach has gone on to talk about, I have people paying me $10,000 a month. And sometimes they don't even reach out to me for support. And I'm like, I don't feel good about that. I mean, if you feel good about that, cool, but if somebody's paying me five figures a month, I'm going to be reaching out. It's not about them not being self-led, it's about I'm supposed to be providing value and I would not feel good for that. So, you know, I think I think what is really important and one thing I did at the beginning of my coaching journey when I started this current business, is I sat down and I asked myself, what are my values? What are my top 10 values? What are the things that are most important to me? You know, it starts with me. So I take hundred percent accountability for everything in my life. Um, I, you know, empowerment's big, honesty, integrity, uh, authenticity. And so I wrote down these words, but, I took it to the next step. A lot of people will write down the words, right? We, you know, you walk into a sports team's locker room and you'll see these words like hard work or teamwork on the wall, but nobody ever talks about like, Hey, what does that mean? And our brains are really good at manipulating a circumstance to make it mean something that it doesn't right? Our brains really can create any excuse that it wants. And so when I wasn't in the situation, I defined, here's what integrity looks like for me here's what empowerment looks like for me. And so then every day at the end of the day, I'll sit down with my journal and I'll say, did I live in alignment with these 10 values today as I have defined them? And if the definition needs to change, I'll do that when I'm not in a place of self-reflection. But then I can sit down and say, okay, you know what? I wasn't fully authentic today. And here's where I can get back on track. And so I think when we start to do that, when we start to define, here's our values, and here's what the values actually mean. Here's the behaviors that show this value. Then we can actually act from a place of integrity and ethics at, at a much higher level.
0: Yeah, I love that you brought up the values. They're one of the things that I talk about personally when uh, I'm working with somebody putting their business together. And the very first thing I do in absolutely every one of my coaching courses is a personal contract. And all the personal contract is, is getting you so clear in your values and what's important to you and narrowing it down to the values that are associated with your business and your brand and clarifying those. And then you have your personal contract and it acts as a filter in which every decision is made. But one of the things that I really talk about a lot is how, when you know what your values are, when you are in that dynamic with somebody, are you the right coach for me? Are you the right client for me? If those values don't match, it will never work. And to be bold about that and to honor that, that's your first filter and your first boundary. That's really, I love that you talked about that and that how you address that is really powerful.
1: Yeah. And I think if we can get more coaches doing that, like, you know, checking with their own values and checking in with their client's values, then we're gonna have a lot less ethical issues. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always gonna be people who want to blame the industry instead of taking ownership for themselves. But I think it, it, you know, it's gonna make the industry. I don't think we need to regulate the industry, but I do think that we need to raise the integrity of the industry because it it is starting to get a bad rap. Um, because so many people are like, oh well, I can just say that I'm a coach. And, you know, it's almost like there's some coaches out there who are like, Hey, you know, there's that meme that goes around every couple months. It's like, uh, want me to teach you how to make a million dollars. If I get 1 million people to pay me a dollar, I'll run a workshop. Right. And it's like, well, we all laugh at that, but there's actually coaches out there who are like, Oh, I made this much money this month. I read an article the other day where it was talking about some of the ways that coaches show like these big numbers coming into their business And it's everything from like processing their own card, right? Like for me to say, oh, I had a $10,000 sale today, but it doesn't show that the $10,000 sale came from myself or that like you and I would make a deal like, hey, I'm going to process your card for 10 grand and then you can process for mine for 10 grand. We're still even, but it looks like I've made more money than what I actually have. And these are some of the things that are going on in the coaching industry. And then people are like, want to know how to have, a five figure day, well, you know, come to this workshop and I'll show you how, and then they have all these people paying them. And so I think, you know, as consumers or as the clients, we also have to start looking at what are they sharing? Like if they only ever talk about how much money they make and that's it, you know, is that, and I have nothing against coaches making money. I'm all for people making money and making great money, but if they're not adding value in any way if they're not actually sharing tools and they're always just talking about oh i i made you know a million dollars this month you know come pay me x to come to my workshop to learn how to do it then but they're not willing to give like free little tidbits you know is that something is that somebody that you feel good about working with and so i think we really just you know as we start to connect people connect more to their values and people understand their own wounds as clients, they won't be so drawn to people who are acting in unethical ways and that's going to clean up the industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love this conversation. Tell me a little bit about your practice. How do people um, find you, connect with you, work with you? What does that look like?
1: So I'm on every social media platform. If you just type in Tiffany Toombs, you'll find me uh, sharing everything from um, you know, how your trauma impacts your business to how your trauma impacts your parenting to actual like tools, uh, for free on how you can start to reduce anxiety, overwhelm, burnout so that you can show up as the person that you want to be. So you can connect with me on any of those and reach out via DM on any of those.
0: Awesome. We'll put that, we'll put your, one of them in the contacts, and people can reach out. Sure. Thank you for being on, on this with me and sharing information that needed to be talked about and needs to be talked about even more. Thanks so much for having me. It's been awesome. We'll see you on the next one.